I'm here today with an award-winning multi-instrumental international recording artist, producer, composer, writer, actor, model, and philanthropist. That is a mouthful. The one-man band himself, Craig Thumper Samuels. Thumper, welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's a total honor and a pleasure to be here. It is It is my honor, my pleasure. We've had a conversation before, talked about a number of things. One of the intriguing ones for me is you were born in Omaha, Nebraska, Correct. and you made the wagon train trip to the Sunshine Coast, to, to L.A. What made you do that? Why would you make a transition from a place like Omaha to a place like L.A.? Well, the, the primary reason is that the, the music industry uh, has a lot better opportunities uh, out here. Uh, I had I was born and raised in Omaha. I started playing when I was about four. And I got to the point where I was doing the same things over and over and over again and not getting anywhere. Right. So the most of the industry people on the L.A. side, the New York side, they won't come to Omaha for really anything. Uh, I mean, they, they've got so many musicians, so much talent here in their own backyard right. that why spend the extra expense coming to Omaha, which is a very, very, very small uh, town compared to L.A., when they have stuff in their backyard. Right. So I said, well, you know, there's there's no way I'm going to get anywhere beyond the ceiling that I hit in Omaha unless I get out. And like I said, I got tired of swimming in that fishbowl over and over and over again and decided to move out here to L.A. I was thinking about New York, but it was too cold because I was dealing with the cold in Omaha. So I said, yes. let me move to L.A. And uh, ever since I got out of here, things are coming out of the woodwork. That's fantastic. So, so even in this even in this modern age where everything is technology, you know, people send in their videos and stuff, all of it is online the music industry is still face to face. The music industry is still in your face so that you have to be where the music is. You can't simply oh. be electronically where the music is. It is still that old style of hi, I'm me, welcome handshake. Right, right. Well, they, you know, from the live performance standpoint, right. You know, that's, uh, you know, the, the digital side and, 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 the, and the, the social media has helped me tremendously. The internet and all of that, uh, but still, that wasn't enough, you know, because, you know, like I said, when you go it comes to live performance, you can't do a live performance, you know, FaceTime and and all of that can only do so much. You can't interact. And I wanted to be out here with all of that, you know. Right. Right. So, so. one of the other things we touched on your the beginnings of your music uh, when you were young. Uh, was it jazz, or if I recall correctly, it was something else that triggered your musical desires to to actually be a part of music, and it had nothing to do with jazz. <laughs> right. It was it was the the genre of noise. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't yeah. think kids would appreciate being called noise, though, would they? Well, I, and I, I take that wholeheartedly because when I first started playing, uh, my parents. We're doing this, you know, <laughs> and it, it was noise. And but they didn't didn't distract me. They didn't discourage me. Uh, they supported me wholeheartedly. And and, you know, one day they kind of took the is that music, you know, and the, and the, the, the lights turned on the whole switch turned 
And, you know, they were thinking, well, this is going to pay off or, you know, this is going to uh, uh, blossom, so to speak. Right. And, uh, yeah, I started on the pots and pans and uh, just kind of, you know, took it from there. You so know. you started drumming. You started with the, the percussion of pots and pans. Exactly. And yeah. you moved yeah. on to your My, first instrument was? For the clarinet. Oh, it was the clarinet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My uh, my mom, I have two older brothers. Right. And my mom always wanted us to try something. And my oldest brother tried it and didn't like it. My middle brother tried it and didn't like it. And so the clarinet was kind of a hand-me-down. And I took to it, gravitated towards it, started, uh, you know, basically my as my second instrument. Okay. Um and just took it from there. And they said, well, since he seems to like it, we'll keep it in the family. And uh, and then I picked up the uh, tenor sax shortly after that. Okay. So with the clarinet, what musical genre were you playing? Because I know Detroit Rock City doesn't play well on a clarinet, <laughs> as far as I know. It was mainly just the, the, the getting used to the sounds and the ability to play it. Okay. Um, I didn't get into the the actual um, music side of it until I was about seven or eight, uh, and that's when Kiss came aboard with the makeup, and I was like, "Wow, that's what I want to do," you know. Right, right, right. So with the tenor sax, then you were playing Kiss music with the tenor sax. Is that what right, you? Were right, right, right. And, and shortly after that, I picked up bass guitar. Right. Uh, and then because uh, uh, the Gene Simmons, he, he kind of had a very, very big impact. Um, but it was it was rock and roll then. Right. Uh, and then I switched over to jazz a little bit later. So when when was that transition? What was the impetus to get you to move from rock and roll to jazz? Because there is a wide gulf between the two somewhat, because I know I know you have a project coming that potentially you'll be doing getting Detroit Funk City going as opposed to Detroit Rock City. But where right. where was that transition? Where, what triggered you to go? You know what? Rock and roll. I'm going to go to jazz. Well, it wasn't that uh, I wanted to switch. It was more like I wanted to add, yeah. uh, you know, so I, you know, because I'm, I'm a multi-instrumentalist. I started with the clarinet right. and I added instruments to that. And at the same time, I added genres to because uh, I didn't want to keep myself in one little bitty box. Right. You know, I wanted to expand. I wanted to see is how many doors were in the house. so to speak. <laughs> And I wanted to, you know, open every last one of them to see what was inside and where that particular room would take me. Hmm. And I just expanded. I do classical, I do R&B, I do jazz, I do gospel. Um, you know, you name it, I do it. Blues, uh, all of it, just to, to expand my horizons because uh, I want the biggest fan base I can reach. Right. Have you thought yeah. of doing fusion? Have you, or have you done I've, any fusion work? Of I've done some fusion genres. work. Yeah, right. I've done some fusion work. Um, and I've mixed some some different genres, right? And that's what uh, that's where the ozone sound came from. I was going to ask you about that. That you yeah. have the specialty, the ozone, and that is a sound quality that when you listen to a lot of your music, you hear it sort of as a something that ties it all together. It has a very unique quality to it all the way through most of your work, and there's a lot of it out there. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting to see something, a tie that binds everything together. 
talk to me more about ozone. Tell me where it came from and and what it entails. Where did it well, in your head? Yeah. What is it? Sure, sure, sure. The ozone is is Omaha, Nebraska, um, and that's where, uh, like I said, everything was created. That's where I started, um, and I wanted a um, a signature sound or a um, a unique sound that could identify with me. Right. Uh, again, Prince, Prince had the Minneapolis sound. Barry Gordy had the the Motown sound, and like I said, I'm sure there's a few others. Yeah. Uh, but I took on the the task of creating the ozone sound, and that's a sound that uh, just comes from Omaha, Nebraska. Right. You know? Is that unique yeah. part of your heart that's still there, or that was there that that music came from? Correct. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. My heart is still there. Uh, it, like I said, I just uh, got to the, to the to the bubble, and I couldn't uh, I couldn't expand it anymore. So I had to bust it and. And, and get out of it and, and start a bigger bubble. But uh, I'll always represent, you know, Omaha, Nebraska. Um, and, and that will always be my, my, my starting point, my home, um, you know, and, and where the legacy began, you know. Right. Have you ever gone back and, and played uh, in, a, in a venue in Omaha? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, matter of fact, I was just, uh, uh, see, this is October, back in August of this year, Right. Uh, I went back to uh, an Omaha Music Legends tribute, oh. and we we honored some of the uh, musicians that had come before us. Uh, some were still living; some of us had passed on. But we did a concert uh, in honor of them, and I performed a song uh, called "The Schmoo Groove," and uh, and then my uncle on my dad's side, my dad's brother. Uh, two both brothers. One of them played piano. The other one played saxophone. And uh, they they gave him a plaque. And I was lucky enough to uh, give the speech and 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 bring him on stage with me and um and, and award him the plaque. Wow, that's so very special. That was, uh, yeah, and I'm planning on doing some stuff going back home as much as I can to um you know showcase what I've done to represent Omaha. Uh, in the best way, in the best way possible. Right. Did you take professional training or has this all been done by ear? You played on your own, you learned on your own from other artists. How did you get your skills? Uh, just on my own. Uh, I had some music theory when I was coming through uh, junior high and high school. Um, but from that point, uh, I just picked up all of the instruments that I played just on my own. <laughs> yeah, I That's built my... Uh, <clears throat> Uh, I've got two recording studios. One of them is still back in Omaha, and uh, and the other one is out here in L.A. So is is it the Thumping Hard Records in Omaha, or is it your United for Love Entertainment that's in Omaha? Which well, one? both of them, both of them, the the United for Love Entertainment is the entertainment company. Okay. And Thumping Hard Records is the record label, but both studios are uh, under the Thumping Hard Records label. Ah, okay. And okay. I, I can work in either studio and transfer the files from one to the other, so they're uh, uh, inter intergalactically connected. <laughs> so I could work from either point, right? And, uh, okay. And produce. Fantastic. Um, so who? I know that you said you got your bass when you were young. Who was the one who bought you your bass? Because I believe there was a story around you getting your first bass. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> um, my mom bought me my very first bass. Um, 
and, and the story is that uh, I was struggling uh, very, very hard in math. And uh, I believe it was pre-algebra at the time or, or something close to pre-algebra, algebra or something. And she made a deal with me. She said, if you pass math, uh, I will buy you a base. And at first I thought it was a joke. And, you know, I said, are you serious? And she said, yeah. And uh, I worked and worked and worked and got got that passing grade. It wasn't an A, <laughs> but I, I did pass math. And uh, we got that final grade, and she said, okay, come on, let's go get it. And uh, yeah, to this day, that, that still blows me away because I, I, she saw the determination in my music, and she wanted me to have that same determination in not only math, but anything that I did. Right. And that was kind of her incentive to, uh, you know, to help me uh, – Push through that last that last uh, that last lap on the track, so to speak. Right, right. And has that been something that you've then taken to heart in everything that you do? That you know oh, you're not going to give up because there's always a reward at the end. There's always going to be something at the end, and you just don't give it up. You're not going to go. No, I'm I'm not that good at it. I'm not going to do it. You're you're sort of determined to move things oh, forward. Yeah. Very very much so. And and uh, I I do that I in, impact that same philosophy on my students um uh you know in in in, in friends and family and everyday life I have a a slogan if you will called finale degu and it's called uh, it means failure is not an option don't ever give up right and it's like kind of like a kuna matata but <laughs> it's 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 a little more sexy you know what i mean so <laughs> i uh I am. Whenever somebody gets in that struggle, Fanayo Dago, they what? And I said, think about it. Failure is not an option. Don't ever give up. Oh, and, I see. And, You've done it with the letters Fanayo Dago. I see. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I thought you were speaking another language and you hadn't yet given me that little piece of wisdom. But no, it's just, <laughs> it's the anagram. <laughs> yeah. So it, it is another language. It's the language of the Samuels. It's the Samuels ah. language. It's it's thumper language. It's thumper. yeah, exactly. Yeah, but I, I like I said I apply that philosophy to anything uh, that 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 I know of anybody that's doing right. Uh, be art, books, movies, film, whatever it is. Um, you know, I just don't like to see people give up. Right. You know, especially you know in their dreams and their hopes and the goals. Well, that kind of brings me to one one of two of your nonprofits. You have a scholarship program for musical artists, I believe, for students. Correct. Yeah, it's it's called Our Stars of Tomorrow. And uh, basically what I do is I write a song each year. And the profits from that song uh, go to scholarships for high school seniors who don't have enough, uh, you know, financial uh, uh, income, so to speak, to um, to go to college, right? And it's it's uh, it's a it's starting out now, but it's it's I plan for it to grow uh, uh, exponentially, right. and uh, to to land. And it's not only for musicians or, or kids in music, uh, but anybody who who has a certain you know income criteria that doesn't necessarily have the qualifications for other scholarships. It's like a um, you know, just to, just to add on, you know, and that's kind of how I do my part too. Why well, you should uh, throw in 
the the right. heading for it should be Fanayo Deku, right? Because exactly. yeah. you know, failure is not an option. And here's incentive. Go for it. Here's your you've got dreams, make them happen. I'm gonna just exactly. be there to give you a little rocket fuel that make it take off, right? Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. A little bit of motivation and, and uh inspiration and, and whatever else I can can offer to uh you know help one of these kids go to college or uh as many kids as, as I can. Right. Um, like I said, each year uh I'm trying to get other artists to uh come on board with it. Right. Um you know, to write a song and then the profits from that go to this and it's, you know, for tax purposes and all that other, you know, jargon, it's, it's, uh, it's beneficial, but it, it helps people. And, and that's the, the end result and the end goal. Yeah. And that's, and it's a phenomenal incentive because there are people who are struggling and especially now uh, what's going on both in your country and my own country, um, you know, the economics are putting pressure on people in such drastic ways that people's dreams are being basically crushed. And oh, yeah. Yeah. this is sort of like a dream machine. This is kind of yeah, like exactly. you still have them. Don't let them go. You know, fight for them and we'll help yeah. you out. We'll, we'll, we're there to sort of hold your hand and, and walk you out of that dark place and get you going where you need to go. And then from there it's all on you, you know, and if you right. want to get back afterwards, there's that, you know, give Sky's it forward. the limit after that. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And with some of these, some of these governments and yours, maybe too, I know mine is, uh, they're forever doing, uh, spending cuts and budget cuts. And usually the first things that they cut are the budgets for the art, art and music programs. Yep. And that is, that is, you know, I can't believe that. Well, I mean, but, the focus they've got is education, and they think education is being able to read and do math. Mm, and what they fail yeah. to realize is that the arts is educating the spirit, the soul, the dreams, right? Exactly. If you don't have those, your 1984 automatons that sit at a desk, everybody's in black and white and gray, and you do your work because you can <laughs> read and you can do math and everybody works, and then you get up and you go home to your black and white box that you sit in. Right. There's no art and there's no sound and nobody smiles and there is no music because there's no, none of that is incentivized. None of that is around. And exactly. the people do it, it becomes criminal. <gasps> have you got a soul? That's criminal. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I totally agree. So, you know, the, the governments are are putting that lever on. They've got that mechanism running. Good for them. It's people like you that are on the other side of the fence that go, you know what, arts and, well, anything, but dreams need to be supported as opposed to crushed. And let's oh, keep yeah. each other alive, right? Let's keep music and art and dreams alive and moving forward. Exactly. Yeah. And like that's, I said, the that's... more people I can get on board, uh, with this project, you know, the more people we can help, the more inspiration we can can grow and, uh, you know, and go from there, you know. And that's that's a phenomenal incentive. That's a phenomenal program. I mean, yeah. that to me, outside of the music that you do and you have, like I said, you've got a plethora of music out there. There's so much of your music. And it's just that this is one thing better, one thing more that you're doing that is it is music related and that it's your songs that are doing this, that are uh, that are creating this environment for people to grow through. But it's your heart that's doing this and that, you know, that you have that kind of a spirit, that kind of a soul that says, you know what, I may be doing well, but I'd rather somebody else is doing well, too. Oh, you yeah. know, a lot of people, they want to do that, but they don't have the action. They don't have that that. What do I do? The impetus to drive them forward. And you seem to have taken that 
thought and you've made it a reality. You've said this yeah. is how. It and well, maybe you know, I'm trying. I'm just trying to do, you know, trying to. I believe. I mean, I believe in helping others, and that's you know the the best way I can do that is the the uh, where where I have the most experience. Yeah. In any way, any way, shape, or form, I can help somebody. I would be more than honored to do it. And I'm hoping that people that are listening to this, hopefully, other artists are listening to this, our our interview when it goes live, that they will hear this and say, "I'm going to reach out to Thumper. I want to know what he's doing. I'm going to help. I'm going to be a part of this because that would be phenomenal. That our little conversation spurs a movement. Right. And but it's it's kind of because of you that that this opportunity has the, the the option to grow because without you doing this for me and other artists, uh, you know, we wouldn't, we wouldn't be able to do anything. No, I've seen what you've done without me. <laughs> it's, I'm, I am a conduit that opens the door up and says, let a lot of people hear about it. It's, it's not like I'm actually doing uh, much other than allowing you to have an opportunity to speak. I'm giving you a platform. I yeah, am as a and it's conduit. totally appreciated and and it's, it's totally honored. I mean, I, you know, I, I I'm at a loss for words. I thank you so much for that. Well, I thank you because you give inspiration, and that's I'm hoping that the inspiration will spread. I'm hoping that that whole the whole movement will get greater traction globally simply by being this this being seen because we have yeah. an audience that is more than just our North American counterparts. It's across the globe and people that know you you have a following around the globe and hopefully this conversation will get that kind of action activity people listening and word of mouth spreading that maybe this movement will also get that kind of level of traction i'm hoping i am very hopeful let's let's talk about music let's get you back on 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 the music track Um, what's new what's coming out from you because you are experimental you are you are doing a number of different things uh, have you gotten any collaborations coming up in the works? I know you do a lot of the work yourself, but you know, I'm curious about, have you got something coming up in the works? Have you got some collaborations in the work? I know you spoke to me about earlier that maybe you might, uh, make a connection back with, uh, Christian Demisonas, like I said before, and do the, uh, the Detroit funk city piece, which is that fusion bit. Um, but what other things are you thinking of doing? What other kind of work are you looking uh, at? Right now, I'm working on a couple different projects. Um, one of them is from another producer in New York. Uh, and we're we're uh, collaborating on a kind of a classical, a classical rock piece. Okay. And uh, with some of the, uh, kind of gives you the mind of the... Um, Oh, the Trans-Siberian Orchestra. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, it, it's more of an orchestral uh, uh, piece, uh, you know, with some rock and some funk rock in it. And uh, a little bit of that flavor. And uh, I'm working on that and then a couple other projects. Uh, I'm trying to start up a uh, a tour. I want to get my tour started. Uh, I just played the, uh, the Long Beach Jazz Festival. Uh, this past August, uh, right. for the second year in a row, and uh, I'm working on the uh, the Jazz Tracks Festival on Catalina Island. Okay. Uh, I'm talking to uh, Mr. Art Good and a couple of his team members uh, for the 2024 season, and uh, quite a few uh, other jazz festivals 
uh, that are in the works, and I'm doing some negotiating and talking with those. Uh, I've got another piece of my own uh, I'm working on uh, called Bob, which is uh, <laughs> it's called uh, uh, it, it stands for uh, Bring It On Back. Oh, okay, and okay. It's, it's Bob. Kind of an up tempo, <laughs> yeah, kind of an up tempo dance tune, uh, and I, I named it after my dad. Uh, my dad uh he could not dance uh but he had this little two-step uh uh, thing that he did and he did it well but that was all he could do so uh i just uh, i incorporated that into uh this next track so it's it was uh um there was two to the left two to the right two up front and two back right that, that little box he stayed in and uh so I kind of incorporated that dance step into this next track. So it's uh, <laughs> you need so to yeah, do... I've got the lyrics. Uh, I mean the uh, the music recorded. I just have to put some finishing touches on it. You need to put it into an album and have uh, an accompaniment, another individual with you, and call it Bob and Weave. You know, <laughs> <laughs> and have the picture on the. I might just do that too. You, you, and the other individual looking like you're boxing in boxer shorts. Yeah, you're gonna go at it, bob and weave, and then the music is that kind of a two-steppy back and forth kind of thing. That'd be kind yeah. of cool. <laughs> Speaking of boxing, I do have a, a track I just released not too long ago. Uh, it's called TKO, really? and it, it has a it has a double meaning. Um, it, it stands for transfer kindness to others, right? And, but it also means together we can knock out right. and knock out homelessness, knock out hunger, knock out hate. Um, so I, I've, I've released that one, and I play that a lot in my in the in the shows that I've been doing. And it's when been did you really that? fun? Right. Uh, this was um, November of last year, so it's almost okay. a year old. Okay. And uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's on my website and okay. uh, it's on uh, YouTube and all those other ones. But it's more yeah. of a ballad. Uh, but, yeah, it's 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 getting a good positive response. So excellent. Excellent. Um, speaking of, of what you had just mentioned about knocking out uh, homelessness and so forth, your other uh, nonprofit is Jazz Against Domestic Abuse, correct? Correct. Jada. I call it Jada. Jada and what and then Jada is is kind of similar to uh, our stars of tomorrow, except when I play a concert, a uh, portion of the proceeds go to uh, nonprofit or I mean not not nonprofit or domestic violence or domestic abuse um, uh, organizations in that city, and okay. uh, it's for domestic abuse awareness. Uh, it's to help build shelters for domestic abuse victims, and it helps. Um, and educational purposes for people who want to uh, get out of domestic abuse situations. Right. They aren't sure how to do it. Uh, they're not sure where to go uh, once they do get out. Uh, and it helps against, uh, you know, getting, uh, you know, restraining orders and things like that right. to uh, protect themselves from their abusers if they don't have the money to to, to go after them. Right. And this was spurred on by what, like, to go in this direction. Was there something that made you go in that direction? A friend or someone who is part of your life that you went, you know what, I'm going to support this. I'm going to drive in this direction. Or is it just something that came into your head to say, this is the way I want to go. I want to do things like this. Well, it wasn't necessarily a, a friend, although I do, I do know of a few people, a few fans that were at one point in time were in that situation. 
Right. And my music helped uh, help them get give uh, gain the strength and the courage to get out. Um, and I was you know, they told me about it and that sort of thing. So uh, it was then when I decided I'm going to, uh, you know, build this nonprofit and go towards uh, education on how to get, you know, get people out of it. Right. Because sometimes people, you know, they want to get out, but they'll figure they feel they'll, they'll end up on the streets with nothing, nowhere to go. So they end up going back. Right. And, you know, that's kind of the um, the 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 um, oh, what's the word I'm looking for incentive uh, to uh, help these, you know, help people in these situations. And it's not only uh, domestic, but it's, you know, parental. It could be spousal. It could be. Uh, you know, teacher and student, it could be, you know, anything. Right. And so it's not really just directed towards one specific uh, class. So it's, I'm, I'm, I'm awestruck and I am honored to be in the presence uh, of someone who music isn't just about you and, and doing things for fans. Your music has an undercurrent of support and, and philanthropy that, is expansive. It's as though you don't only have a musical soul, you have a philanthropic soul that is eager and desires to be out there supporting and helping and and educating and and assisting in ways that a lot of artists, you know, they hear about it, they might, you know, they give money to a, a charity. You create them. You you enable a charity and and support it through your own work. And yeah. it's it is. It, it's inspiring. I'm I, like, I'm touched. I'm actually um, oh, losing words to sort of describe <laughs> this. This it, you're an individual that, you know, I've I've talked with people that are producers and, and composers and writers. And some of them actually have been actors as well. None of them have been models apart from you. You're the prettiest one I've interviewed. Uh, oh, <laughs> but I've broken a lot of cameras in my day. Don't be <laughs> <laughs> but the philanthropic side of you is is enormous. It's it's uh, it's I wouldn't call it a shadow because it's more of a light. It's like a beacon. You know, I'm oh, talking okay. to you now and your and your glasses have this sparkle to them. And it's almost as if, you know, there's that that soul piece of you that's kind of shining through past the conversations about music. It almost makes the conversation about music uh, a sideline. And for me, this is what this is about It's about your music. But your music has this work on the side this work that i sing a song or i go to a concert and this is what i do with what my proceeds on uh, certain occasions right okay. and it, it's phenomenal but i've spoken to other people and i'll bring this up because i want to see your opinion of this i want to get your take on it there are people that they're looking for the dave brubeck effect they're looking for take five they want one song that is iconic they want to produce one piece of music that for them it's immediate. Like as soon as it's played, no matter where it's played, oh, that's Thumper. Right. One song. That's him. That's your name. That's an icon. Anywhere you hear it, it doesn't matter, you know, 500 years from now, somebody will play that and they'll say, that's Thumper. Yeah. Or do you want to have what you've got, this string through everything, the tie that binds every song together. When you hear the song, that's you. You hear any song on the radio that you put together, it's you because people will recognize the ozone inside the song, regardless of whether it's a classic rock piece, if it's classical music with some rock undertones, with some funk undertones, they will hear you in it and say, right. that's Thumper. 
which way would you want to go? Would you want to be known as the Take Five guy, the guy who has a song that is iconic, or do you want to be the underlying, this is everything that's yours is yours, that people recognize? I want want it all. I don't want to stop (laughs) with just one. Uh, Because there's so many, so many people out here and not, you know, not one song is going to satisfy everybody. Right. So when, and I, and I said this in a, in a recently uh, award-winning documentary that, um, that came out this past April that um, I want to inspire everybody and people's problems inspire me and not everybody has the same problem. Right. You know, so if 10 people have 10 different problems, there's 10 different songs in here waiting to get out to set to help each and every one of them and so yeah i want it all i don't want to i don't want to uh, uh, i don't want to be a one-hit wonder or a one a one-man band yes because i you know i have the ability and i've been given the gifts to create it all right but uh, i enjoy working with bands just as much as i do working individually right but i don't well, yeah, i don't want the one man the one one song thing i want it I want it all. But I mean, in, in Dave Brubeck's case, he has an, a, a, a large amount of music associated with him. When you hear it, you know, oh, okay, this is Dave Brubeck's piece because you, his name is associated. But if you say the name Dave Brubeck, the first song that immediately kind of crawls out of your head is usually Take Five. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. And that's the song that comes to mind immediately. In your case, Apart from, uh, you know, the September Moon guitar piece that, you know, everybody, when they hear that and they're going to hear it later, they hear that, they're going to go, I love that. I love that guitar. Oh, my word. Put that, you know, I'll play that whenever I'm in a mood. I need to hear that. But they'll hear other pieces of yours and go, oh, yeah, I love that piece. That kind of speaks to when I'm driving in traffic and I get cheesed off at the guy who cut me off. That's the music I want to listen to when that's happening. <laughs> or, you know, I'm I'm fishing down by the river. I want to play this music when I'm fishing down by the river because it's got that calm, cool kind of beat to it that just, right. you know, that you get attracted to. I appreciate that. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I thank you because you're the one that did it. I'm just talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. But, but I mean, I appreciate your opinion. I appreciate, you know, your your insight on it, and it 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 that it, that too inspires me to to keep going, keep pushing, and and to keep doing my best to to help people through their problems. You've got stuff that's already on track and ready to drop uh, soon. The uh, Bob is is uh, is the next one. Uh, I've got a. A uh, piece that I did, a uh, demo piece that I did back in the uh, early '80s, that I've taken out of the uh, the refrigerator, so to speak, and I'm getting ready to uh, put it back in the oven uh, and cook it up with a with a with a uh, a new sound. Okay. And uh, it, it had never been released, uh, and uh, I've I've had a few friends that. Uh, told me i don't know how they found this but it was it was never released but somehow it got uh it got put out and this dj from toronto uh called me actually and said he was playing it in his club <laughs> and and the, he had the people up dancing and they were requesting this track and it was just a demo piece i had put it together and figured i would you know put it on the shelf and finish it later 
I, and that, like I said, that was the late 80s. Oh, my word. And I don't know how it got out or it got leaked or what. Uh, but he, like I said, he called me out of the blue. <laughs> and uh, so I'm going to read. I'm going to take that one out of the oven and finally finish it. And uh, and uh, other than that, like I said, the uh, the documentary is uh, is uh, it has been submitted for Grammy submissions for consideration. Um, and uh, other than that, I've just been really focusing more on performance, live performance. Right. Um, but I've got to get back in here in the studio and, and get some things finished. Right. Um, my latest track, Key to My Heart, uh, went number one in six countries, I believe. And uh, it has. Uh, and, and so that one is uh, uh, that was another one that had been submitted for Grammy consideration. Goodness. So it's uh, yeah, it's a work in progress. But like I said, I, and it's much. Uh, turmoil and chaos that I've been seeing on the news. The the inspiration has been, uh, you know, overflowing. So I got to get back on these pianos and these guitars and get some more stuff out. Right, fantastic. Um, so do you prefer the live stage work or do you prefer the composing, the work in the studio? Which for you is where your heart most resides? It's 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 a uh, it's a toss up because the. I love them both, but for different reasons. Right. Uh, I create them uh, in in the lab, so to speak, or in the kitchen, if you say, if you if you will, uh, to inspire the people. But then the stage performance is the deliverance. You know, like it's uh, so you you to go to Thanksgiving dinner, so to speak. You cook the meal at home, right, and then you take it to somebody else's house so they can eat. It's that know. kind of a concept, okay. and um, the the live performance um, is is the deliverance part of. It. You know, you get the immediate responses from people about how things work, and that's yeah, that's really really. And, cool. and, and not only that, but I get a lot of the emails, I get a lot of the text messages, uh, the website um, comments, and things like that. Uh, yeah. You know, your song helped me out of a tough situation, or. Um, you know, we got married to your song or this, that, or the other. So right. it's, it's, uh, the feedback is what fuels me, uh, negative and positive. Cause if, you right. know, if somebody doesn't care for something, then I'll fix it, you know, or switch it, or you don't like that, try this, you know, yep. and, yep. and it's the constructive criticism that helps me, uh, along with the positive comments. Right. And it's, it's, it's all about, uh, you know, because I mean, everybody's not going to like the same song or right. have the same opinion of the same song. Right. And so, like I said, that's why I want uh, my entire catalog to influence, you know, somebody, if not everybody. And then you may have some that didn't like you before that hear something of yours recent and, they, you know, they become a fan or a friend. I don't like I don't like to use the word fan, but I have I have friends. You know, really? my, my musical friends, fan is short for fanatic, uh, which means, you know, extensive obsession uh, and, and things of that nature. So I, I call them friends. Oh, OK. That's a, that's a, an interesting insight, because I would have assumed a fan is is just somebody who really appreciates the music, but they don't really know you. They right. love the music. They're there for the music. They uh, they're engaged with you at the time, but they don't know your life and they probably never will. And that's a good thing because you're you 
outside of your music, although you seem to be this grand individual who's outside of your life, uh, outside of your musical life, you're still doing things that are associated with music. Your philanthropy right. is the big picture of that. Um, yeah. Your fans would be those people that enjoyed the musical part of your existence. They may not even know about your philanthropy. They may not know you're doing any of this. They may actually have benefited from it and not know it was you. But right. they love well, the music. Yeah. Right. And, and But it's, excuse me, it's people like you that, that opened that other door for people to get to know me. And like I said, my, I'm not a celebrity. I'm, I'm somebody a lot of people know, but I'm not a celebrity. So if anybody wants to reach out to me uh, via email or however, I am completely open with that. I'm not one of those celebrities that, uh, you know, has, I mean, I do have my private life, mind you, but uh, if somebody, you know, needs me, I'm there. You know, and like I said, through the music and past experience, I've helped a lot of people through a lot of good and bad situations. And and I am uh, grateful and honored that I was able to do that. Just as a quick, before we get to your song, as a quick aside, because people are wondering, Thumper, where would that come from? It's not a Bambi thing, is it? I mean, you're not a you're not a rabbit, are you? So where where would a name like that come from? Well, it, 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 it is kind of uh, a, a Bambi thing. Um, when I was, uh, when my mom was pregnant with me, uh, whenever I, she heard, whenever I heard music or whenever she was around music, I would go crazy, you know, <laughs> and uh, she was, she was a big fan of the Disney movies. Okay. Um, and uh, so it, it did kind of come from there, but uh, I, I was always known as her little thumper, even before, before I was born. And uh, so they, uh, they, she, she kind of uh, put that name on me, and uh, I didn't like it at first. I really didn't care for it. Uh, and then, you know, after a while, I just started to get get used to it, and you know, just kind of ran with it. And from the music thing, kind of put two and two together, so to speak. Yeah. Then, you know, it, it became a, a reality, so to speak. <laughs> Well, it's the so, pots and pans reality, right? You, exactly. you took a thumper and applied it to pots and pans, and then they went, oh, we never should have called him that. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, now we're going to hear from you, because right now I'd like to introduce the music of Thumper Samuels with September Moon. Enjoy.
What I want to say is I want to thank you for being a part of uh, this conversation today, Thumper. It was an absolute pleasure for me. I cannot sure. wait for Bob. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward for Bob and potentially Bob and Weave, the album. Um, <laughs> but I'm really looking forward to all the music that's coming out. I'm really excited to hear the uh, Siberian uh, Orchestra style of music that you've got coming. That's a yes. project that I definitely have an ear out for because... <laughs> Like I say, I love it when an artist goes ever so slightly out of their comfort zone and tries something different. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm also looking forward to uh, Detroit Funk City uh, with you and potentially Christian Demisonas, although with him with his uh, axe that he has, his axe base, his uh, <laughs> his kiss and base. We, 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 we talked about that, too. I told him to, that, uh, uh, that you had mentioned that he had that Gene Simmons axe base and I called him. I said, "Are you are you keeping secrets from me?" <laughs> <laughs> and how do yeah, I just I want to that. give a shout out. I want to give a shout out to him really quick. Uh, sure. He was responsible for getting me into the recording academy, uh, the twenty twenty three uh, recording academy class. And uh, because of him and one other young lady, uh, Denise Miller, uh, I was able to s submit my documentary for uh, Grammy. And wow. the, also the key to my heart for a Grammy. So he's, uh, yeah, he's a big influence of mine, a great friend. Uh, and I just wanted to give him a shout out for, uh, uh, well, I've never met him uh, face to face, but we talk all the time. And uh, we're, we're planning, like I said, Detroit Funk City and some other projects that we're, we have, we're talking about. So I just wanted to give him a shout out real quick. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you very much. And we will be talking again, I hope, very soon. Oh, whenever I'm here, whenever you need me. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. All right, my friend. Have a good day and tell everybody thank you for allowing me to be a part of this.